Lord. Hey, take your Bible, everybody. Turn with me to Mark chapter 6. I'm so excited today to be able to break the bread of life with you, to be able to gather around, as it were, God's Word together. And this morning while I was praying, Mike, I asked the Lord, Lord, today, give me a sense of listening and not speaking. I want God to do something in my heart today. I want him to encourage me and lift me up and, and uh, undergird me today with his word. And so I'm praying today that the Holy Spirit will become our teacher and that we'll all leave here ready to march on for Jesus, encouraged by the Lord and by the word of God. We're talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We call this series Just Jesus. And we're going through the book of Mark we're looking at stories, things that happened in the life of Jesus that we can apply to our lives and what God's called us to do here in these last days. And today, we're going to look at a particular thing that happened in Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 53. And would you stand with me all over the building today? We stand very simply just to honor God and to honor his word. Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 53. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring sick people on their beds to wherever they heard that he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your word and we thank you for your touch. For Lord, we believe that when you touch us, Nothing is ever the same again. <laughs> that when you touch us, power comes out of you and into us. Virtue flows through us. And we're never the same again. And we thank you, Lord, for your touch today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated and the Lord bless you. What a great story. And Jesus, of course, they were familiar with Jesus. He had been there before to Gennesaret and uh, worked miracles and cast out devils. And when Jesus came back this time, word spread, he's back, he's back, he's here, he's here. And people began to come toward him and bring sick people, even carrying them in their beds so that if they could only touch him, if they could only touch him, they believed that they would be made well. And guess what? The Bible says everyone that did touch him was made well. Let me tell you something. There's something powerful, something special about the touch of Jesus. <laughs> if Jesus touches you, you're never the same again. If Jesus touches you, you're never the same again. That's my testimony. And... Many years ago, when I was a young Christian and growing in the Lord, I heard that old song. Maybe you've heard it called, He Touched Me. And uh, 
uh, when I heard that song, I remember thinking then, the first time I ever heard it, I remember thinking, that's my testimony. <laughs> that song is my testimony. Because ever since Jesus touched me, I've never been the same again. And today, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the touch of the Lord. And I want you to notice in our scripture today that the people, when they heard that Jesus was there, they began to come to him and they believed that if they could only touch even his clothing, if they just even touched his garment, that they would be made whole. And of course, they were. And we give God praise and glory for that today. But my message today is not to those people 2,000 years ago. My message is to all of us here 2,000 years later. But I'm here to tell you that the touch of Jesus still changes lives today. And when you're touched by the Lord or you touch the Lord, it will change everything. And today we want God to touch us and we want to touch him. Now, I want to take a minute and just talk to you about what happens. Oh, I mean, it's easy to say, and you can break it down academically uh, about, you know, if Jesus touches me, I'm never the same again. Uh, and especially if you've experienced it, you believe it because you experienced it. But what happens when Jesus touches you? What happens when we touch the Lord? What happened to those people that day? In an earlier account in the book of Mark, that you remember the story of the little uh, woman who had the issue of blood. And for 12 years, she suffered. And she was literally dying. Had been to every doctor she could go to. Had spent all of her money. And now she was ruined financially because she spent all of her money on doctors and physicians to no avail. And But when she touched the garment of Jesus, something happened. Virtue flowed out of her and flowed into the Lord. It's recorded in Mark chapter 5, and I want to show you this. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that virtue, another word for virtue would be power, God's virtue or God's power. Jesus perceived in himself that virtue had gone out from him. Immediately, he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my garments? <laughs> now, it's not that Jesus felt somebody touch his garment. He didn't, he didn't feel it physically, but spiritually, he sensed that virtue flowed out of him. Spiritually, he sensed that the power flowed out of him and into that little woman. And of course, we know, the Bible tells us, that she was immediately healed. And the doctors couldn't do it. All the money she had couldn't do it. 12 years of treatments couldn't do it. But one touch from Jesus did it. Can you say amen? And she was immediately healed. But I want us to focus a minute on this thing of, of Jesus. It doesn't say he felt someone touch his garment. How could you anyway? Uh, you don't have uh, nerves in your coat. Uh, you don't have nerves in your clothing. It says he perceived within himself. It was a spiritual thing that happened, not a physical thing, a spiritual thing. And when you and I touch the Lord or when you and I are touched by the Lord, that's what happens. It's a spiritual encounter, but it bleeds over into our physical bodies. 
And that's what happened here this day in Gennesaret. A spiritual thing happened. The power of God flowed out of him, but a physical uh, uh, reaction to that was these people were healed of their sickness. Now, why is it important to understand that it's a spiritual thing that happens? Here's why. Because if you're not careful, especially if you're a, a novice Christian or a young Christian, uh, I remember when I struggled with this in my early days of following the Lord. If you're not careful, you can misunderstand what the touch of God is. And if you misunderstand what the touch of God is, then you're going to miss some wonderful miracles in your life. We have to understand that it's a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Now, it, it affects our our, our natural bodies. And that's why these people were healed physically. But it's a spiritual thing. Jesus said, I perceive within me that virtue came out of me. I perceive that power flowed out of me. And so it was a spiritual sense that Jesus had that that took place. Why is that important? Well, because we never want to equate physical things with a spiritual event, spiritual happening. It's a mistake if you do that. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, let me just say it this way. Oftentimes when you get touched by the Lord or if, if he touches you, then it will affect you emotionally. Uh, it does me all the time. And it doesn't have to be in church. I mean, it could be in your prayer closet. It could be having family altar, family devotions at your house. And sometimes the Lord will, uh, I mean, people say it different ways. I've heard people say the Lord came all over me or the Holy Spirit came all over me or the Lord touched me. And it doesn't matter how you say it, but you have that encounter, that experience with him. And oftentimes it will affect you emotionally. Sometimes the Lord will touch me and I will begin to cry. I will begin to weep. It, I just, it just affects me that way. It just, uh, the Lord has touched me and it affects my emotions and I'll begin to cry. Sometimes the Lord will touch me and I'll get happy. Ever happened to anybody in here? Now, it doesn't happen as much these days as it did when I was a younger man and I was a little more agile back in those days than I am today. But every now and then, the Lord would touch me and I'd get what I call happy feet. And there'd be a little dance in me <laughs> because it would affect my emotions that way. And I'd get happy. I've even been known to do a little bit of shouting every now and then when the Lord touched me. Because, you know, uh, he touches you. Sometimes it affects your emotions. But the problem with equating the Lord touching you with uh, an emotional response is people tend to think if I don't cry or I don't get happy or I don't shout, then God didn't touch me. And nothing could be further from the truth. Because what took place here this day was a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Now, it, it, it bled over into their physical bodies, and their physical bodies were healed, but this was a spiritual touch. Jesus said, I perceived within me that virtue flowed out of me. It was a spiritual sense that he had. Now, this is important, friends, and especially if you, if you know someone who's a novice Christian or who just came to Christ, don't let them equate uh, their emotions or how they feel with whether God touched me or not. 
I know that Jesus is here in this service today, not because uh, I got emotional a while ago, and I did get a little emotional a while ago while I was worshiping the Lord. I had to wipe a tear or two away uh, down here on this front row today while we were worshiping the Lord. It, it affected me emotionally. But that's not why I know the Lord is in this service today. I know the Lord is in this service today because he said so. That's how I know. He said so. Our Lord said there were two or more are gathered together in his name, that he would be there in the midst of them. There's more than two of us gathered in his name today. So I know the Lord is here today, not because I had chill bumps run up and down my spine, not because I got uh, cried or not because I got happy. I know the Lord is here because he said, I will be there. And God is not a man that he can lie. If he says he's going to be somewhere, honey, you can count on it. He's going to be there. And he said, "Where well, two or more of you are gathered in there, I will be there in the midst of them. So I know God is here today, not because I had chill bumps. I know he's here today because he said, I'll be here. And so here's spiritual maturity. You recognize the presence of God, whether you feel him or not. You recognize the presence of God, whether you get emotional or not. Because there are sometimes the Lord has shown up that I didn't get the chill bumps. Does that mean he wasn't there? But we have a tendency to believe that he wasn't. Now, I don't talk about you, uh, and, and so that's really, really cuts back on my, not me not talking about you, really cuts back, Jack, on my uh, sermon illustrations because <laughs> I've been here a long time. <laughs> and so I talk about the other church I came from. All right. That's, that's, I talk about them. I won't talk about you, but a little thing happened at the church I was at uh, uh, previous. Uh, it didn't happen often, but on one or two or three or four occasions, uh, the worship uh, service, people began to get emotional during the worship service. There's nothing wrong with that because like I said, Remember, this was a spiritual thing that happened, but it bled over into their physical being. They were actually healed, right? And so sometimes when the Lord touches you, you, you know, you, you, you feel those goosebumps or, or sometimes you cry or sometimes you get happy. I mean, you know, it affects our emotions. Nothing wrong with that. And on two or three or four occasions uh, in, in another church, that happened and the worship service just kept going and going and some people came down front and, you know, they were worshiping and, and it was beautiful and I was right in there with them, but I got to noticing, uh, you know, the tick tock, tick tock, uh, the clock was moving on and at some point, you know, uh, I, I was going to have to make a decision whether I was going to preach or not. And so as it kept going, kept going, and it got later and later in the service, I looked down. Uh, I, I was going to have about six minutes to do my sermon. And so I'm going to put some Alabama on you now, all right? I just made up my mind. I ain't going to do no preaching here today. <laughs> six minutes. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and, we just, and the thing went, you know, we didn't have preaching that day. Uh, we just had worship. Now, is that good? Yes, that's good. That's wonderful. But here's what's not good. People started developing this idea that the only time the Holy Spirit was moving is if the preacher didn't get to preach a sermon. And so this idea sort of started erupting and people would say, man, oh, wow, the Holy Spirit was in a service today. The preacher didn't even get to preach. 
And people say, oh, the Holy Spirit really was in the service. The preacher didn't get to preach. <laughs> now, how do you think that makes me feel? I'd like to think there's a little bit of the Holy Spirit in preaching. <laughs> and, so, and so the problem with that is on the Sundays, which was most of them that I did preach, there were people thinking, well, where was the Holy Spirit today? I wonder why the Holy Spirit didn't show up today. You know, the pastor preached. Well, where's the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, and you're, you're mature enough now to know that that's wrong thinking. But it happens if you equate a spiritual thing with a physical thing. And just let me say this to you. Uh, we can claim healing whether you feel like you're healed or not. We can know that the presence of God is with us whether we feel his presence or not. Sometimes you will. But on times when you may not get emotional or you don't feel the chill bumps or you don't get happy or you don't cry, you know that he's there. Why? Because we have faith. Our trust is in him. Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your feelings. Trust the Lord God Almighty. Put your trust in him. And so how do I know that the Lord is moving? Here's how I know, because the Bible declares it. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. And so I know God is here. I know he's moving. I know he heals. I know he delivers. I know he sets free. I know he saves because his word declares it. Can you say amen? And I know that if I, well, give God praise. And I know that if I get chill bumps, and I know it if I don't get chill bumps. <laughs> I know it if I cry, and I know it if I don't cry, because the Word declares it. And so our faith is in God, not our emotions. Because let me tell you something about your emotions. They're fickle, and they'll let you down. They'll let you down. But our trust is in the Lord. And so here it says that this virtue, this virtue flowed out of them. Now here's another thing that I want to talk about here uh, when we're talking about the touch of Jesus or the power of God uh, coming in you. What did Jesus say? He said, I perceive within me that virtue or power flowed out of me. All right. So when the power of God flows in us or comes upon us, there's another misunderstanding that I want to bring the word of God to bear against today. And that is this idea that the only people that can be touched by the Lord are spiritual giants, are people who are on fire for God, are people who have strong faith. And um, it, it's easy to, to think that way because people who have strong, uh, strong faith and people who are giants for the Lord, God's always touching them. <laughs> God's always moving through them. Things are happening. God uses them. So it's easy to develop that idea that the Lord is drawn to strength. But I want to show you something, and it's in Hebrews chapter 4. First of all, I'll show you in our text today that there wasn't a lot of strength. There wasn't a lot of spiritual giant stuff going on with all those people who were sick in bed. And they're the ones who touched him. And they're the ones who had the power flow out of him into them, and they were all made well. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our what? Weaknesses. 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of what? Need. Let me tell you something about the Lord. And this, this is so wonderful. And he's so loving. And, he, and he's so magnificent. Our wonderful Lord is drawn to need. He's drawn to weakness. He's drawn to hurting people. That's where the Lord is drawn to. And does he respond to great faith? Of course he does. But he's drawn to weakness. And you don't have to be a spiritual giant to receive the touch from Jesus. <laughs> All you have to do is go where he's at and touch him. And that's what these people did. And they weren't strong. They were weak. But when they touched Jesus, they became strong. Let me tell you something about Jesus. If he were to walk into this sanctuary here today, he wouldn't come up here and sit on the front row by John. No offense, John. I mean, Jesus loves you, and he, he would love to sit by you. <laughs> when I said that, I said, you know, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he would come up here and sit by John. But then he'd look around this congregation, and he'd look for somebody who looks like they need a friend. He'd look for somebody who looks like they need a word of encouragement. He'd look for somebody who may be sitting alone and wish they had a friend. He'd look for somebody who was going through something and their countenance showed it. And that's where Jesus would sit. That's where he would go. Jesus went to your high school. He would not sit at the popular table at the lunchroom. He'd find somebody over in the corner that needed a friend. Somebody over in the corner who was hurting. Somebody over in the corner who had been bullied or made fun of by their peers that's where Jesus would gravitate because Jesus is love. And that's what love looks like. And that's why God wants us to do that. I tried to teach my children this, and I'm trying to teach you this, that when you come to church, you don't come to get blessed. What a self-centered motive for coming to church. You don't come to get blessed. You come to be a blessing. You don't come to be admired. You come to admire the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't come saying, what can I get? That's not God. God is a giving God. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He, that's his nature. That's who he is. God's a giving God. We don't come to church for what we can get. We come to church for what we can give. And when you come to church, you ought to come with your head on a swivel, just looking around. Is there anybody here today that needs a smile? Is there anybody here today that needs an encouraging word? Is there anyone here today that's going through hell at home or at the job place or with their family or in a situation and they need a little, a little, a little ray of heaven in their lives? Somebody to encourage them, somebody to say a kind word, somebody to say, can I pray for you? And that's when we come to church, we ought to come looking for, because that's who Jesus is and he's drawn to hurting. And I'll tell you, this was made real in my life just recently 
when I was going through the horrors of that double pneumonia. And I, I used to think this was not possible. And it was my pride, and I, I'm ashamed of it now. But I would hear people say I was so sick I couldn't even pray. And I remember thinking, what? Can't even pray. We're not asking you to run a marathon. Pray? You can't even pray? <laughs> You're too sick, you can't even pray? And I had a bad attitude until it happened to me. And I want to tell you, there were times when I was, I, 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 I was so weak, I couldn't even pray. But in my weakness, somebody prayed for me. In my weakness, Jesus came to me. <laughs> in my weakness, Evelyn, he touched me. I wasn't a spiritual giant lying there on my back with double pneumonia, barely could catch a breath, couldn't even, couldn't even walk down the hall of the restroom without people helping me get there. That was no spiritual giant lying there, but Jesus came to me in my weakness. He came to me in my sickness. He came to me in my need, and he touched me. He touched me. And I'm standing here today, not because I had great faith. I'm standing here today because Jesus hunted me down in my need and he reached his loving hand down and he touched me. He touched me. And I want to tell you something. When Jesus touches you, you'll never, ever be the same again. And so he's drawn to us when we're hurting. He's drawn to us when we're in need. And we need his touch. If there's anybody here today and you're sick, my message to you is this. All you need is a touch from Jesus. Now I want to show you one more thing and then this service will be over for today. But I want you to notice that they came to him. They came to him. That's what it says in verse 55. And ran about the whole region and began to bring, began to bring, began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. They went to wherever they heard he was. And if they got close enough to touch him, they were healed. <laughs> but they came to him. And that's what God wants us to do. You say, well, how do I get close enough to the Lord to touch him? How do I come to Jesus? It's not a physical proximity. It's not a revival meeting or a TV preacher or a particular church. Jesus is not a respecter of persons. And so how do I get close enough to the Lord? Well, I want to give you just a few ways. I, I came with 15 today, but no, no way. But, but here's, here's a few of them. All right, if you're, if you're sick and you, or you're in need and you need a touch from the Lord, how can I get to him? How can I get close enough to touch him? Here's one way. Fear God. Fear God. I am deeply troubled with what's going on in our country today. It's like our nation, not all of us, thank God, but it seems like more and more people are shaking an angry fist in the face of God. And I, I, I'm, I'm afraid. 
if we get away from our fear of God, we have a security system in this church. But when I was a young man, we didn't have a security system in our church. You know why? Nobody would ever break in a church. We didn't even think about it. The hardest criminals, they'd break in a bank, they'd break in a liquor store, <laughs> they'd break in a 7-Eleven, but nobody even thought about breaking in a church. You can't have a church today without having a security system. You wouldn't have anything in six weeks. It's like people are losing their fear of God. But I want you to read from Malachi chapter 4, verse number 2. But for you who fear my name, say that with me, fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. When you fear the Lord, it draws you to Christ. When you fear the Lord, you're coming to him and he has healing in his wings. Get close enough to touch him by fearing the Lord. Here's another way. How can I get close enough to touch Jesus? By obeying him. By obeying him. By obeying what the word says. By obeying the Lord. John chapter 14 and verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest. Say manifest. And manifest myself to him. And that's what happened to those people. The manifestation of God's power as they touch Jesus. And here the Bible says that if we will obey him, that he will manifest himself to us. You get close enough to touch Jesus by obeying him. Let me just give you one more. You get close enough to touch Jesus by trusting him. Trusting him. You know what that means? Have confidence in God. Have confidence in God. You say, I'm going through something right now, preacher. Not many people know it. Maybe no one knows it. Maybe it's a personal thing. I want to tell you something. Put your confidence in God. You just have to have confidence. I, I don't know how. I don't know when. But God is going to bring me through this. He's going to bring me out on the other side. Johnny, those were tough days when you were getting all those doctor's reports and prognoses. And those are some dark days. Nobody wants to hear the word cancer. Nobody wants to hear that kind of report from doctor after doctor. But I want to tell you something. When those times come, that's when you have to put your trust in the Lord. I, I can't tell you how. I, I can't tell you when. But somehow, sometime, God is going to bring you through this. God's going to bring you through this. You're coming out on the other side. There's victory. You're in a valley. There's also a mountain. And God will bring you out of the valley into the mountain. And ultimately, we will all go to that great mountain when we live with him forever and ever. Amen. No more sorrow. No more sickness. No more disease. No more parting. No more saying goodbye. Isn't that going to be wonderful? I don't know how. I don't know when. But today I put my confidence in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say that with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And so, how do I do it, preacher? How do I get close enough where I can touch Jesus? Well, fear God. Obey him and trust him. Because when you touch Jesus, nothing is ever the same again. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Shackled by a heavy burden shame then the hand of Jesus touched me and now I am no longer the same if you know it sing it with me he touched me Oh, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something marvelous happened, and now I know me and made me whole. And since I met this blessed Savior, and since He cleansed and made me whole, cease to praise Him. I'll shout it till eternity roll. Now if you've ever been touched by the Lord, lift your hands and sing it with me. He touched me. Oh, He touched me. joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know He touched me and made me If you've been touched by Jesus, clap your hands and give him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Congregation, would you stand to your feet, everyone standing? I'd like to invite all of my ministers and deacons and elders and their wives to come and line up across the front of this building. We're going to end this service today with a great altar call. If you need healing in your body, if you need deliverance, 
you need to invite Christ into your life, if you need forgiveness of sin, it would be our joy to pray with you, to pray for you. Or if you just want to spend some time around these altars, pray to the Lord. These altars will be open for as long as you want to pray. But this morning, I want to leave you with this. Friend, if you need, if you get in trouble, <laughs> if you have a need, if you're facing something, and I know some of you are, reach out to Jesus. Don't turn away from him. People do that. Don't turn away from him. Go to him. You go to him by fearing the Lord, by obeying the Lord, by trusting the Lord, because what you really need is a touch from Jesus. Because when Jesus touches you, you'll never be the same again. <laughs> you'll never be the same again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before we leave today, would you let me speak a blessing over you and over your family? If you'd like to receive this, lift both hands up toward heaven and express your faith to the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord place his name upon you. The Lord bless your life. If you receive that in faith, clap your hands and thank God. Even before you see it, thank him for it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jonathan, grab that microphone down there. Come up on this platform. I want you to pray a great prayer of dismissal. Let's thank God for his wonderful presence here today. If you want prayer, come on down here and let us pray for you. Otherwise, the Lord bless you as you go. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your marvelous power, so much power that if we just reach out for you, just the hem of your garment, you are able to save God. We have a God who is mighty to save and who loves us and who is there and promises to be there and fulfills his promises, God. Well, we're here in your name. We thank you for your presence, God. May we walk out from this place in your name. May you walk out with us. May we walk step in step with you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd continue your healing work, continue spreading your virtue, God, and continue making this world a better place, Jesus. We do this all for your glory, God. Touch us and change us and transform us to be more like you. We glorify you today in Jesus' name. Amen.